I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Howdy, welcome to Wiki Shuffle episode... 65. 65. 65. If you think that Phil sounds ill, it's because he is. He's drinking a cup of Lemsip. In a Wiki Shuffle brand mug. Buy yours from redbubble.com now. So, today is a bonus episode. Normally, they are hosted by Phil, but of course Phil is ill. And I wants sound to like save this. his. Yep, shut up. He wants to save his voice, so shush. Disgusting. That's Uh So, my name's Jack. This is Chris. Hello. This is Phil. Hello. And we have a special guest joining us in the studio today, Keith Clark. Hi, how are you? Keith. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thanks, man. Um, so, Keith, what are you? <laughs> I'm present for a podcast. I'm not entirely sure why. I think I, I wanted you on because you have quite a lot of different strings to your bow. Thank you. It wasn't a compliment. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you with your weirdly strong bow. So the main thing is you have been on Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces podcast. Yes. As something of a Scroobius Pip mega fan. Yes. Um, and we want all of his listeners. Not sure I mean, that's going to happen. I, yeah, I we think want... it probably will. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Mm. Hello, Scroobius Pip fans. And hi, Scroobius. Yeah. Pip. How I do, don't how do you address... You probably don't need to differentiate. I can't imagine there's that many Scrooby-eye listening. <laughs> how do you address uh, I Mr. address him as Scroob. Is it Scroob? Yeah. I'd go a Mr. Pip. Sounds like something from a Dickens novel. It's far more formal. <laughs> it is. Did you go straight in with Scroob? Yeah, you're right, Scroob. I can never go straight in with Scroob. That's one of the rules. Never go straight in with Scroob. That's one of the main rules of life. I feel like after this discussion, I've regressed and I'm going to have to go back to Mr. Pip. Otherwise, it won't <laughs> well, talk to me again. <laughs> so, Scroobius Pip, you've obviously met him quite a few times now. Yes. Is he basically the nicest guy on the planet? Yes, he's absolutely lovely. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> he's an absolute diamond. And he's one of these people that is just sickeningly cool and makes it look entirely effortless. He's good at all the things that I like in the world, and it is frustrating. Cross-stitching. Uh, apart from cross-stitching. As well, yeah, in your face, Pip. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was your podcast debut. It was. In front of... How many people at the Leicester Square Theatre? Uh, a theatre's full. Okay. Capacity so, Leicester Square. It's such a nice venue there as well, isn't it's it? Nice. It's beautiful. It's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's an intimate venue, but for a podcast it would seem terrifying, terrifying especially <laughs> if it was your first podcast It was appearance. pretty intimidating, yeah. So we're not, we're not just hoovering up Scroobius Pip's leftover guests, are we? We're not just that, doing that. that. We do. Well, that's, that is kind of what we're doing, but we're not just doing that because we did have a connection with Keith prior. Uh, me and Keith posted on the same internet forum. Keith was Keith was the big cheese. He big was the cheese. guy that everyone looked up to. Oh, yeah. Um, still do. Yeah, still do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You haven't been through my post history, have you? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> This is what we want. Can I just preface this by saying I went through my post history on that forum recently. (laughs) Did you? I was like 16 and I I just made it up to to look cool. Yeah. 
Um, like you did oh, with all of these oh things. Oh my god! Oh, there's so many. <laughs> Settle in, listeners. Okay, so I, I'd like oh a little bit more. Oh my god! A little bit more scene setting. Oh, Keith, why and would you do so, this to me? So this was established in the year two thousand. It was ish, but this uh, iteration. These posts are later than that. Yeah. This, <laughs> this version and, of the board was about two thousand and four. I don't know why I said about it. It's exactly two thousand and four because I'm looking at the posts right now. I have intentionally left out the really bad ones that I thought you would hate. God. It's, it's not too bad. These are mostly just learning about Duke rather That's than humiliating right. oh <laughs> it. So, so these were from, from 2004. So for context, how old were you in 2004? 16. Okay, because you said you were 19. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Good start. No. Duke, how tall are you? Nine and six. Oh, my God. I'm one, six, one. That's right, I'll give you that. Hooray! Yeah. Did um, I say 6-1? So you were 6. OK. OK, um, yes. on the 1st of August, you said, when I was born, I was purple. That's true. Yeah? That is true. Ask okay. my mum. She'll right. verify that. <laughs> I was given, that apparently, um, when babies... Are, I'm not sure if this is still a thing, but back then, when babies were born, you'd get a health rating out of 10, and I got a 3. Wow. And I was purple, and she thought I would die. Oh, bless. Um, but I, I didn't. Yeah, I see that. Mm. And now your health rating's up to four. <laughs> so that's good. I'm not, I'm not sure it would be, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm still pretty purple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an atheist. I also enjoy breasts. <laughs> that's, that's still true. <laughs> oh, my God, this is awful. <laughs> that, that was just one sentence. Yes. <laughs> From the 25th of May, 2004. Hobbies and interests. I've removed the context. Really... It's funny with <laughs> No that context. context. Right, that's great. Uh, 23rd of October. I'm crap at women. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> These are just universal truths. Yeah, yeah. Nothing okay. changes. Stealing from HMV is easy. <laughs> <laughs> Grab the CD, peel off the security tag and shove it in your bag, then walk out. Although once I forgot to take the security tag off and I had to leg it. I don't do it anymore, though. I'm a good guy. And you're still struggling with your atheism and love of breasts. So. It's a difficult time. It is a difficult time. <laughs> I still love breasts and I'm still an atheist. It's true. I just don't see how they were in the same context. <laughs> Keith has about another ten no. cards there. Some of these are other notes for the show, don't worry. Okay. I burnt down a seesaw. <laughs> right? I threw up all over my friend and I told umpteen girls that I love them. Give me time, I'm only young. Oh, oh Jesus oh. Christ! <laughs> to be fair, though, you did admit that you used to tell, you used to tell girls you loved them all the time. But you used oh to yeah, do it yeah, yeah. yeah. We mentioned this like yeah. a few days ago. That's yeah. all right. No, that that that's true. All of the, all of this is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's good being as old as I am because all the stupid things I said in my teenage years, no, no evidence exists anywhere. The only evidence of this, because it was the only forum I posted on until I was probably twenty. So <laughs> I've basically allowed this to happen. This yeah. is yeah. This is all my own doing. Kurt Cobain did commit suicide. Princess Diana was murdered. I don't know about GFK, but there are aliens. Oh, and the moon landing was faked. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and you say, I say weird shit. I was 16. You said you were 19. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I cannot remember ever thinking that the moon landing was fake. I can't remember that. You went on to say... I actually spent last night reading UFO conspiracies and I scared myself to shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a turn of phrase I'm familiar with. <laughs> Some are alright, but when people start calling their kids Angel and Romeo, it pisses me off. What body part do I find sexy? Ass, no question. 
<laughs> no question. No question. No, no question needed asking. Ass. I'm gonna die. Oh my god. Oh dear. 25th of July 2004. Bondage rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you said you weren't, weren't using the explicit one. Oh, I wasn't, and then I got carried away, and now I can't let my mum listen to this. Oh, oh dear, and that's all, the ones, that's all the ones that I'm comfortable reading out. Wow. Jesus. I'm sure they're still available on... Oh, yes, they're absolutely. The oh, archive is yes. there. What's the name of the website again? No, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right, I'm going on tonight, and I'm getting rid of all the evidence before this goes out. Quick. Uh, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> What's your point? It's none of it shocking. It's just like, oh, well... I sort of guessed that. Yeah. I didn't know you'd lie about your age, though. I, no, I'm surprised at that. I don't remember doing that. It kind of seems like the kind of thing I'd do. All of it does. Like, that's quite cleansing, though. It's a cleansing experience. No. Right? no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel humiliated <laughs> and grimy. I'm just upset that you didn't post any of your love letters to girls. Oh, I'd love to see them. Yeah, that's what made me go and look. Fucking hell. What a twat. <laughs> Have you got anything to humiliate Chris or Phil? No, nothing to humiliate Chris or Phil. I like those guys. Okay. Ah, that's cool. <laughs> Thanks. Where are the skeletons buried in your closet? That's mixed metaphors, isn't it? <laughs> Where are the skeletons buried in my closet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've got any skeletons. Challenge anybody listening that might have any Chris you... skeletons. See, I think most of it was buried on MySpace. We used to do a lot of oh, bulletins. Oh, yeah, with... yeah. We used to do all of that. I used to post... Like you Smith's know, lyrics yeah. on my MySpace quite a lot. The brilliant it? thing about us, though, that maybe the generation now doesn't have is MySpace did us all a favour and just deleted it. Yeah. I know, they didn't tell us about it. They didn't Good. Do, or I it's didn't get any notice about it. So my old blog is just gone. I only found out I'm about so it glad. Any, any sort of early, any sort of MySpace stuff, MySpace is just, Tom's looked at it and went, I'll do you all a favour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keith looked at my post history and thought, I'll not do you a favour. Uh, thanks for bringing that in. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, very grateful. Yeah, thanks. Okay. That's episode one done. <laughs> <laughs> There's another quick thing that I can ask before we get started. You live on a boat. This, you left this off. This got left off. Oh, no, I off. did mention it, mentioned but it I breezed past it. Because I also, I'm a boatman. You're not a boatman. <laughs> you live on a boat? <laughs> no. You've been on no. a boat. <laughs> You've been on a boat. We, we hired twice. Twice. I was the captain of it. No, you so weren't. Much as no. you put down the deposit. That's yeah. not. Uh, okay. And listen to the safety lecture. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you listen to the safety? No, I didn't. Did you, get, boring. did you get a safety lecture when you bought a house? Oh. Uh, no, no, you don't get a safety. There's no rules. See, I'm rules already more or... trained. Well, no. I... <laughs> I mean, I took a five-day course in how to drive and steer and things. Oh, no, I was just... I just got a uh, laminated leaflet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how did you do? Did you crash? Um, well, as the captain... Yeah. No. Shut up. Jody was the captain. No, I was the captain. Jody was the first mate. And yes. I directed him and said, over that way. Direct? Do you go... <laughs> There's no directions. There You're on no a barge in a yeah. canal. You're just going straight forward. Or backwards. Or backwards. Or stop in. And then yeah. I had to get someone out to do the locks. Mm-hmm. I, I had a man for that. Yeah, that's good. There weren't any locks. You weren't allowed to go on the locks, remember? Why weren't you allowed yeah, to go on the locks? Weren't. I imagine that you They don't trust they the didn't tru- They don't trust the people on the day hire to use the locks properly, so we weren't allowed on the locks. We had to go through some bridges. Bridges, same. Yeah, no, it's nice yeah, to meet a fellow boatman. As is the traditional <laughs> greeting. <laughs> 
I would like to know about living on a boat. What methods do you employ you... to stop your key from sinking? What have you got attached to your key? Is it a tennis ball? It's not a tennis ball. No, I have a, um, I have a little float. That's I'm... a very That's little one, isn't it? Technical. That's It's called the key saver. Yeah. Free advert for them there. When it hits the water, the little float comes out, goes to the top, and it's attached to a really long string, and then you can pull nice. the keys out after it. Ah. It's much, much less bulky than the tennis ball. I'm traditional. The tennis ball. You have a tennis ball, do you? <laughs> for the two times you've been on a boat in your life, you nonetheless attach a tennis ball to your keys everywhere you go. Yes. You never know, as a man of the, the ocean. We're as far <laughs> away from the ocean as it's possible to be while still being in England. Yeah, well, you never know what Poseidon brings. <laughs> to your door. So you, you can just go wherever you want in your boat, as long as there's a series of locks and canals to yes, get there. Yes, you preempted my joke there. Yeah. Yes, Sorry. I can go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere I like, as long as it's on a canal or river. So we should probably do some wiki shuffling. And as usual with our guests, we've asked Heath to bring along some articles. So we're going to have two in this episode and two in the next episode. We should explain to the entire audience of the Scroobius Pip Distraction Pieces podcast who have now joined us here <laughs> what, yep. what Wiki Shuffle is. We probably should have done that right at the start of the episode, not 20 minutes in. <laughs> So, Keith, tell us about your reason for choosing article number one. Well, I was reading about my hometown on Wikipedia. I'm from a town called Northolt in West London. And Northolt's really only famous for three things. Got an RAF base, but even that's actually down the road in the next town. It's just named after us. Steve Perryman, Tottenham player, was born there or lived there. And uh, we had a TV show set and filmed there. Chris, it was a one-off TV documentary. Go watch. It was. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I love Ghostwatch. I'm so proud of you. Oh. Yeah, I love Ghostwatch. Yeah. And it was set in Northolt. Uh, Ghostwatch was set and filmed in Northolt. Chris, I bought you a present because uh-huh. I thought I got you a oh, prize. I wrapped it. <laughs> I got you a prize because I got you a little test there and I want to know if you got it right. So. I got it right. Hang on, so Chris gets gifts. Chris gets gifts. <laughs> <laughs> and I get my entire... <laughs> Oh. It upsets me when you break Chris's toys on the podcast, so I brought him some toys. I've got some toys! Uh, oh, I love those things, they're well fun. Twelve gliders. You can't touch or play with them. <laughs> uh, I think you find that's 48 gliders. 48? 48? 12 different... Oh, okay. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Just playing with his gliders. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, <laughs> uh, while Chris is doing thing. that, um, yeah, so while I was researching my hometown of Northolt, I found about this guy. He lived a lot of his life in Northolt, and when I read this article, this, this felt exactly like the kind of thing that you want on Wikishuffle. I imagine that when the three of you came up with this podcast, when you woke up in the large bed that you all share like Morecambe and Wise <laughs> and decided to make a podcast, mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing that you, that you wanted. Chris is very carefully trying to muffle the yeah, sound. Yeah, <laughs> Just do it. Just get it out your yeah, system. Yeah, it's done right. now. Right. Oh, this bit though. What do I have to do? Oh, this is a detail. <laughs> do it right into the microphone so we can. Because I think that for Turn a lot of listeners, that, that will be that will be familiar oh, to people. That was like certainly that, quite familiar to that, me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I broke it. 
<laughs> you got 47 more. <laughs> so it's all right, it's just a tail. I can just do this. Can I just throw Soft. this down the stairs to see what happens? Throw yourself down the stairs. <laughs> Fucking bastard. It's not the week to try and give up swearing on the podcast. Oh! It crashed. Glid. I think the past tense of glided is glid. As long as he's having fun, shall I shut the door? Yeah, <laughs> please. Yeah, you just carry on doing what you're doing out there. We'll get on with the podcast. I'm back. I've got 47 more, though. Okay. So, if we've got the toy plane out of our system, yeah. we're ready to begin yeah. with the story of a North Holt resident who is Stanley Green. Stanley Owen Green was born on the 22nd of February 1915 and died on the 4th of December 1993 and was known as the Protein Man. <laughs> he was a human billboard who became a well-known figure in central London in the latter half of the 20th century. Green patrolled Oxford Street in the West End for 25 years from 1968 until 1993 with a placard recommending Protein Wisdom, a low-protein diet that he said would dampen the libido and make people kinder. His 14-page pamphlet, Eight Passion Proteins with Care, sold 87,000 copies over 20 years. Going Stanley. Why would you want to dampen libido and make people kinder? 50% of that makes a lot of sense. Kinder people seems like a goal that society should have for itself, no? Mm. No? Perhaps he thought that being libidinous and being kind were mutually exclusive. That's where he seems to be coming from. But that's weird. He wrote the book and had his board and was spreading the message of healthy eating and... It wasn't just healthy eating, it was specifically about protein that his problem was with. Specifically protein? (laughs) Yeah. Like an early Gillian McKeith. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. I'm not sure that that was quite... You've quite taken Gillian McKeith's message. Well, no, because she was like a nutritionist. Not nutritionist, she was whatever it was. Fraud. 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 Yeah, fraudster. (laughs) But she had one specific thing that she was into. She was really into Really poo. into poo, yeah. yeah. This guy's really into protein, ultimately, to help people. So there's a picture here of the protein man carrying his massive billboard. I mean, it must be... I, mean, I don't know how much of that's Thor's perspective. But no, that's another six foot above him, isn't it, at mm-hmm. least? And his sign says, Less lust by less protein... Meat, fish, bird, egg, cheese, <laughs> peas, beans, nuts. And then there's a gap where he's added another little board onto his um, his board. Yep, which says, and sitting, protein wisdom. <laughs> and so he's selling this booklet. It's seven p- Well, No, the booklet's free, but you can make a donation of 7p. That's how they get it. But you. no more. That's how they get you. How lustful are you, Phil? Do you eat... Meat? No. Do you eat fish? No. Do you eat bird? <laughs> no. Do you eat egg? Yes. Do you eat cheese? Yes. Do you eat peas? I think you're reading that right. It says peas, beans. Peas, beans. Do you eat peas, beans? <laughs> I do eat quite a lot of peas, and beans. And do you eat nuts? Yes. So you're 50% libidinous. It's about right, yeah. You're so a lustful right. man, but you prefer nuts to birds. I do. <laughs> yes. That's good to know. You eat all of those things. Uh, no. You probably don't, do no, you? You no, probably no. eat about one of them. And even then, only when it's in nugget form. <laughs> I eat meat, meat nuggets, fish nuggets, bird nuggets, egg <laughs> nuggets. <laughs> Sometimes I roll cheese up into little nugget-shaped balls. Okay, nice. Um, peas can do one, beans can do one, nuts. You know, if it's peanut butter, I'm in. Is that count? Okay, so that makes mm. you more libidinous than me. Yes, it does. Oh, you cheese, you do love those mozzarella sticks. 
Oh, I do. And they're, they're fr- yeah, they count. Yeah, that's cheese. It's cheese. Protein yeah. plenty in there. Mm-hmm. Randying you right up. Mm. Yeah. I always feel I'm like horniest when I've just eaten some fried cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it's starting to drip out of my pores. Mm. So does, there, does anyone around the desk, Keith, do you eat everything on that list? Yes, I will eat everything on that list. Peas, oh, beans? Oh, you randy bugger. Yep, especially peas, beans, they're my favourite bit. <laughs> you randy bugger. I know, I'm insatiable. <laughs> Chris, I bet you do as well, don't you? Well, you'll eat all of that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Judging well. by your libido levels. Yeah, they're through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> it's inevitable that you're just overdosing on protein. Can't control the libido. Yeah. Chris, it's when's the last time you had an erection? <laughs> Let me think. Now my mother definitely can't listen to this. <laughs> Let me think. I imagine recently. <laughs> How do you define recent? Like from maybe earlier on. <laughs> today? Yeah. You think you had an erection today? I don't want to hear this. He did you asked. Why did you ask? What what I don't I just what thought answer it, could have been good for you to come out of this? Like, 2013 or something like that. <laughs> well, that was obviously not going to be I wasn't expecting either. it to be today. I haven't had an erection today. I've went to work. Well, that's because you don't eat enough of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I've went to work. I sat in a car with you for 15 minutes, and then I've sat in here with you guys for an hour. Um, I think um, earlier on, maybe mid-morning, that's when I'm at my horniest. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Wait, I was sat next to you mid-morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can't, you can't control it. That's okay. what happens when you have too many peas beans. Green's campaign to suppress desire, as one commentator called it, was not always popular, but he became one of London's much-loved eccentrics. The Sunday Times interviewed him in 1985 and his less passion from less protein slogan was used by the fashion house Red or Dead. What? Wayne Hemingway. That's Wayne Hemingway, yeah. This is going to make me sound stupid. I got Wayne Hemingway confused with Wayne Sleep. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ernest Hemingway, that's but that's I even better. Wayne Sleep is yeah. not where I am. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why that popped in my head. Because you were talking about erections a few minutes ago. <laughs> when he died at the age of 78, the Daily Telegraph, Guardian and Times published his obituary and the Museum of London added his pamphlets and placards to their collection. Early life. Green was born in Haringey, North London, the youngest of four sons of Richard Green, clerk for a bottle stopper manufacturer. There are some jobs they don't really mention on Careers Day anymore. (laughs) Clerk is one. Anything involving a bottle stopper manufacturer would be several others. I mean, when I went to the Careers Advisor, obviously they were still advertising the shops, but you guys, I was just trying to make myself sound a bit more hip. He attended Wood Green School before joining the Royal Navy in 1938. You timed that badly. (laughs) (laughs) Philip Carter writes in the Oxford Dictionary of National Biography that Green's time with the Navy affected him deeply. He was shocked by the obsession with sex. It was the Navy. (laughs) What was he expecting? Seamen everywhere. I was astonished when things were said quite openly. What a husband would say to his wife when home on leave. He told the Sunday Times' A Life in the Day column in 1985. I've always been a moral sort of person. After leaving the Navy in September 1945, Green worked for the Fine Art Society. In March 1946, Carter writes he failed the entrance exam for the University of London, then worked for Selfridges and the Civil Service as a storeman for Ealing Borough Council. He said that he had lost jobs twice because he had 
refused to be dishonest. In 1962, he held a job with the post office, then worked as a self-employed gardener until 1968 when he began his anti-protein campaign. He lived with his parents until they died, his father in 1966 and his mother the following year, after which he was given a council flat in Haydock Green, North Alt, North London. It's actually West London, but I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to take Wikipedia's answer, I'm afraid. It says North London. So he wasn't even Northolt born and bred. No. He, he was a... So you haven't even got that going for you. <laughs> no. Poor Northolt. That's, that's, I feel like Northolt should have more Ghostwatch. famous... I know that you're very impressed by the Ghostwatch story. There's also... Um, the TV show My Hero was also set in Northolt. But it wasn't filmed there, so I don't count that one. Whatever, mm-hmm. guys. You guys are from Kettering. What's Kettering ever done? I'm from Corby. We're from Corby. Fuck yeah. Kettering. Kettering's uh. awful. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's, what's Corby got going for it, then? What, like, what? loads. Are you kidding me? The biggest swimming pool in the East Midlands. Trouser Press? No. Oh. It's not. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Apparently, Johnny Vaughan lived there for a while. As a lifeguard. As a lifeguard? Maybe. Possibly. We haven't had that confirmed yet. <laughs> Make steel? Mm. What else? You have famous people. This is all we care. We want celebrity tittle-tattle. That's all we're after. Right, well, I mean, the, Johnny Vaughan, oh, oh, oh. the Johnny Vaughan I've story. Got it. All right. It's got right. it. Um, Liz Hurley once went to the BP garage, and my mate saw her there. Emma Willis and Matt Willis had their wedding reception at the Spread Eagle. Yep. Hang on, I've got one because I remember Duke posted about this on the website. The referee from Gladiators. Yes. Yeah. John Anderson. Suck that. He's from Corby, is he? He is a Corby tennis coach, or he was until he retired. He... Do you have a story about him at all, Duke? Uh, I do, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> he was at your friend's birthday party. This was one of the things I gave you on the sheet earlier. Oh, was it? I didn't see uh, this. John so, Anderson okay. was at your friend's birthday party, and he then was. you assaulted him by saying, Gladiator's ready. Uh, I wasn't going to bring that up, but we it wasn't just me, to be fair, but we... Hmm. We all surrounded him and basically demanded that he say his catchphrase, and that's why you should never meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, get back on to back to Stanley <laughs> Green because we've been very much distracted, as is our want. Green began his mission in June 1968 at the age of 53, so he's got to this protein thing quite late in life but he's, he's had some time to mull it over decide what's wrong with the world initially he was in Harrow on Saturdays becoming a full time human billboard uh, six months later on Oxford Street he cycled there from Northolt with a sandwich board attached to the bicycle a journey of 12 miles that could take up to two hours uh, depending on the wind strength I'd imagine whether it was whether it was behind him or ahead of him um, until he was given a bus pass when he turned 65 so he used to make that 19 12 mile 19 kilometer journey every day until he was 65 12 years crazy man he rose early after porridge for breakfast made bread that would rise while he was on patrol ready for his evening meal otherwise his diet consisted of steamed vegetables and pulses and a pound of apples a day what's pulses lentils okay but he says lentils are bad oh yeah and also, I'm not very good with imperial weights, so I wasn't sure what a pound of apples was. I looked it up, and a pound is the same as one guinea pig or half a fruit bat. That does make it easier. <laughs> and like the the guinea that's guinea not many apples. apples, a guinea pig. <laughs> that's what I thought. 
Yeah, just not a lot. It's it like two apples. It would have, it would have made more sense for me Probably to look two. up how many apples make a pound, but I didn't do that. Well, how many apples? Oh, make if a you just pig? said how many yeah. apples. So a vampire bat is two guinea pigs. Is the thing that I want to take from this. A yeah. guinea pig's a fairly hefty lump. I mean, maybe it's just too much fur, and that they're actually small. If you were to shave a guinea pig, it'd actually be really little. They are hairy beasts. Because the idea of a guinea pig alone flying at me and trying to suck my blood <laughs> is quite frightening. Oh. But two mushed together. Well, we'll have to we'll have to do an experiment, won't we? It's the only way. Well, I mean, set, set out your methodology for I'll me. I'll secure the guinea pig, you get the fruit bat. Yeah, finally someone's going to do an experiment that actually involves guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> actually, and no, hang on, that doesn't work, joke does it? For the that, doesn't, that doesn't work, because surely that phrase is there because they did use guinea pigs yes. back in the day. So just, you know, ignore me. Yeah, you're right, lentils are on his board, but on, on the second picture of him in 1974, he's got lentils on his board. So there's two pictures of his board. One that we read out before with the peas, beans on it and nuts, that was taken in 1977, but the picture taken in 1974 has lentils but makes no mention of nuts. Nuts are fine now. No, lentils become fine and nuts become bad. So he's eaten his steamed vegetables and pulses and pound of apples. Lunch was prepared on a Bunsen burner and eaten at 2.30 in a warm and secret place near Oxford Street. See, I know what I refer to as my warm and secret place. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not sure I'd want to eat lunch from there. (laughs) Even if it was a guinea pig full of apples or whatever it was. From Monday to Saturday, he walked up and down the street until 6.30pm. Reduced to four days a week from 1985. Saturday evenings were spent with the cinema crowds in Leicester Square. He would go to bed at 12.30 after saying a prayer. Quite a good prayer. Unselfish too, he told the Times. (laughs) It is sort of acknowledgement of God, just in case there happens to be one. Brilliant. What? So he doesn't even really understand why lust is bad in the first place. He's got this moral code. I know, secretly he's an atheist and he loves breasts. (laughs) Peter Aykroyd wrote in London the biography that Green was, for the most part, ignored, becoming a poignant symbol of the city's incuriosity and forgetfulness. Or just, if he's there every day, you're going to ignore him. That's the correct response. Hmm. You're not going to engage with this man. You might do it once, but you're not going to engage with him every day. And it's better to just, because it's very clear that he's a nutter, Hmm. the correct response is let him get on with it. Don't throw things at him. Don't chide him. But just leave him to it. He's obviously, it's obviously making him happy in some sort of way. That's the correct thing. This isn't when Peter Aykroyd makes out that this is incuriosity and forgetfulness. No, it's just people going about their business. That's fine. Peter Aykroyd, what do you know? He was arrested for public <laughs> obstruction. Sorry, Peter Aykroyd. You got <laughs> some harsh. of my yeah. You got some of my anger there. <laughs> that was terrifying. Please never do that again. God, he's grumpy when he's yeah. He was arrested for public obstruction twice in 1980 and 1985. The injustice of it upsets me, he said, because I'm doing such a good job. (laughs) (laughs) He took to overalls to protect himself from spit several times, finding on his hat at the end of the day. Oh, people are awful, aren't they? It's mostly Londoners. We're horrible people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, guys. Sundays were spent at home producing eight passion proteins on his printing press. Ooh. (laughs) Voldemar Januszak 
described it as worthy of Heath Robinson, who was known for his cartoons of ancient contraptions. The racket caused trouble between Green and his neighbours. Noted for its eccentric typography, eight passion proteins went through 52 editions between 1973 and 1993. Green sold 20 copies on weekdays and up to 50 on Saturdays for 10 pence in 1980 and 12 pence 13 years later. So 15 pounds a week he was earning. It sold a total of 87,000 copies by February 1993, according to Carter. He sent copies to those in the public eye, including five British Prime Ministers, the Prince of Wales, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and Pope Paul VI. The booklet argued that those who do not have to work hard with their limbs and those who are inclined to sit about will store up their protein for passion. <laughs> Making retirement, for example, a period of increased passion and marital discord. He left several unpublished manuscripts, including a novel, Behind the Veil, More Than Just a Tale, a 67-page text called Passion and Protein, and a 392-page version of Eight Passion Proteins, which Carter writes was rejected by Oxford University <laughs> Press in 1971. Is he saying that people who hit retirement age are more passionate and therefore more... Yes. Lustful. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No. <laughs> I know that's exciting for you, Chris, but mm -hmm. not all of us like grandmothers. Perhaps that's another experiment you could do. Channeling all that bird meat you've been eating. <laughs> <laughs> Green enjoyed his local fame. The Sunday Times interviewed him in 1985 and some of his slogans, including less passion from less protein, were used on dresses and t-shirts by the London fashion house Red or Dead. When he died in 1993 at the age of 78, the Daily Telegraph, Guardian and Times all published obituaries. His letters, diaries, pamphlets and placards were given to the Museum of London other artefacts went to the Gunnersbury Park Museum. His printing press was featured in Cornelia Parker's exhibition, The Maybe, in 1995 at the Serpentine Gallery, along with Robert Maxwell's shoelaces, one of Winston Churchill's cigars, and Tilda Swinton in a glass box. I looked that up, what? and just to clarify, Tilda Swinton, the actress, mm -hmm. got into a glass box for art. For how long? It just hung out. She slept in it. I, I such a Swinton thing to do. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, yeah, just in a gallery, she'd just climb into a glass box and people would watch her sleep. Two decades after his death, Green was still remembered by writers and bloggers, fondly for the most part, although not invariably so. Artist Alan Rowland's documentary fiction Three Communiques in 2007 portrayed him as trawling the streets of London, campaigning for the suppression of desire. Musician Martin Gordon included a track about Green on his 2013 album Include Me Out. I've listened to that. Wouldn't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> it's essentially the Wikipedia article, but in rhyming couplets. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. North Alt residence and loon Stanley Green. Oh, I thought you were going to say Keith Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like there was no science relating to any of this, and this was just a movement of one person yep. entirely on his own. Mm -hmm. Aww. Aww. Bless him. How many bad decisions in your life do you think you are away from having a placard on, on some streets? <laughs> I don't mean that in a horrible way. It, just feel, it feels like you have the potential. I don't know what it would be that... What really gets your goat? That my views are that far disconnected from the establishment views. I mean, I'm not as conspiratorially minded as you, thinking that the moon landings were fake. <laughs> 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 
thank you for listening to part one of our Keith Clark special episodes. That's what we're calling them. Catchy. Yep, thank you. Keith, uh, you are a cross-stitcher. I can cross-stitch, yeah. You cross-stitch. And you were internet famous for Very, very briefly yeah, went viral, I believe the kids are saying. It was. It was... It was on the, the BBC News. BBC um, News, all, all kind of news coverage in this country. I was in the Russian Metro, which is apparently a thing. Paper in New Zealand picked it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty well. I mean, I've just realised I haven't actually said what it was that happened. And <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, basically, I got into a bit of a bit of an argument with my bank. I needed a replacement debit card, and they told me that it would take 7 to 10 days, and after 7 to 10 days, it still hadn't arrived. Uh, so I phoned them up, had a go. They said another 7 to 10 days, still didn't arrive. Can we name and shame them, please? Uh, yeah, it's Santander. I mean, probably shouldn't because I'm still with them. Uh, yeah, so after a while, after about 30 days, got the ump, and I, late one night, sat and cross-stitched a debit card, and I, um, I put it in the post, left a little sarcastic message on their Facebook group. I said, look, I've made a debit card. I've sent it to you. Bet it gets there sooner than 30 days. If it does, I'd like you to explain why I can make something and send it to you quicker than you can make something and send it to me. And uh, I went to bed, woke up the next day, and the entire world had gone crazy. In Santander's defence, oh dear, the no. card you made, did it function? It had numbers on it. <laughs> did it have your numbers from your card? Well, once the BBC picked this story up, they took the picture off of the Facebook and they put it on their website, and a few hours later they phoned me up going, wait, is that your actual bank card details because we might have a problem? I said, of course not, you idiot. Like, <laughs> That's what I was hoping. I put it on the internet because it's not my bank card details. But they didn't think to ask that until afterwards. After they put it up on their website for a few hours. Ah, good. Good work, BBC. So I want to know more about the cross-stitching. Okay. Because I can't believe that was your first foray into cross-stitching. Oh, no, no. I've been cross-stitching for years. I am so frustrated with my bank, I'm going to channel it into a whole (laughs) new handicraft I've never done before. Uh, No, I've been cross-stitching for a couple of years. I started by making little Christmas cards for friends and family, and then realised I was all right at it. And kept going. I mostly do hip hop portraits. I recently cross stitched the Wiki Shuffle logo. Don't know if you guys saw that. We did indeed. Thank you very much. There you go. It's fantastically niche. I can't imagine that there's many hip hop portraiture cross stitchers out there. Or, um, or would I be surprised? Annoying, Is there a community of you? Annoyingly, today, uh, BBC Arts Twitter account sent out a little, little message going, Who would have thought to join cross stitching and hip hop and then link to someone else's Instagram profile? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> very upset. Uh, but one of the subjects of my portraits uh, spoke up for me and told them to check me out as well. So I was quite happy with that. Oh, that's good. What's the, the biggest piece that you have attempted? You, you see people making these huge like Zelda maps and stuff. That's not really my, my niche. Mine is sort of... I've done a seven-inch portrait of some rappers, but mostly I do small three-inch portraits. I just have a really short attention span. I like to get them out as quick as possible. No, that seems perfectly understandable because <laughs> I imagine you'd reach a point where you'd start questioning what you were doing. Yeah, there's only so long I can spend cross-stitching Lethal Bizzle's right cheek. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Could we commission you to do a cross-stitch of Chris yeah. and the Notorious B.I.G. I'd be together. very happy to do that. Wow. That would be good. I wish I kept that quiet, actually. That could be a good Christmas present. As every year I get messages from notorious B.I.G. fans. Yeah. Either saying, oh, it's either on his birthday to celebrate with me, because we share the same name, yeah. or just lots of R.I.P. messages on the day he died. So it's a really <laughs> depressing day of the year. Just <laughs> like loads of them. Rest in peace, Chris Wallace. <laughs> yeah, it's not nice to wake up to that. <clears throat> Scroobius Pip, I'm serious about stealing all of his listeners. I think we can we can have those. There, there's there's a crossover there. There's a there's a We're, the um, crossover at the moment is me. Yeah, that's fine. We can <laughs> make that a, we can leave that Venn diagram <laughs> to our favour. Pip's um, podcast is on Acast, so we're, so sta- we. we're stable, stable mates. mates. And yeah. two podcasts now. 
Has he got a second one? Tuesday Night Jaw. Talk about wrestling. Tuesday Night Jaw. I like that. There you go. With your man from Progress Wrestling, uh, Jim Smallman. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. That's good, because I want some wrestling discussion podcasts to uh, listen to, because most of them are hosted by Americans. So being a Scroobius Pip superfan... Yes, sir. How long was it from being a superfan to getting to meet him for the first time, and how scary was that for you? Uh, I met him after I saw, or before I saw him for the thirteenth time. Right. Uh, Whoa. That was at an in-store gig in Farringdon in London, and I went up to him and was like, oh, "Hi, I'm, I've seen you thirteen times." And then he gave me like a bit of a weird look, and then kind of wandered off. And I later found out, um, and if you listen to the podcast, you can hear him tell a really unpleasant story about how he thought I was a bit weird. How after a he noticed me in the audience that my beard was growing longer and longer and longer and he thought I was going to be some kind of crazy stalker. <laughs> when, in fact, I was only one of those things. <laughs> yeah. So how many, do you know how many times you've seen him in total now? Uh, more than 70. Wow. Concert-wise. And then I've been to his club nights and cinema events and things like that. That's, oh, yeah, he does, he does um, uh, the Prince... Prince Charles Theatre Charles in London. Charles Theatre, that's the one. That is a good cinema. It is a good cinema next door to the Leicester Square Theatre. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, because I'm terrified about the idea of, of meeting my heroes. I just, there's something in me that expects them to be dickheads and I don't possibly want to find that out. Uh, Scrooge Papers is a lovely man. But what if he hadn't have been? What would, would have been have... very awkward because I would have already seen him 13 times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, my, my heroes are Steely Dan and Morrissey, so if they didn't, if they turned out to not be dicks, I'd be kind of disappointed. <laughs> Quite certainly you won't be disappointed about Morrissey. Chris, who are your heroes? Who are my heroes? Shania Twain. <laughs> <laughs> yep, didn't see that one coming. Mm, no, no. Surely it's um, Little Mix, no? Uh, well, they're going to be my heroes. They've got to establish themselves a bit. Okay. They're on the right road, though. Duran Duran. <laughs> Phil Collins. Phil, oh yeah, Phil Collins. Phil Collins, of course. What what would you do? And there's another one. Who, there's a good chance of him being an absolute mm-hmm. oh, yeah. tosser, isn't he is. there? I, I don't. I don't want to meet Phil Collins. No. I keep him at a distance. I also don't want to meet him now. I'd rather meet him when I go back in time because that's mm-hmm. the plan I've got. So when I do that, then go on I'll holiday meet him to the 80s. When he was in Genesis, I'll meet him then. He's probably still a dickhead then. No, I never want to meet Phil Collins, but he is a hero. That's good. As, as a birthday gift, I'll arrange for you to not meet Phil Collins. Fine. <laughs> can, you, can you get me that for my birthday as well, please? Yeah. <laughs> not um, meeting Phil Collins all round. Keith, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, KS Clark. I would recommend only going to that if you do like looking at cross stitches of hip-hop artists. Otherwise, there's nothing there for you. You make it sound like there's anybody listening to this who doesn't want to see that. I mean, if you want to see a cross-stitch Snoop Dogg, that's the place to go. So yeah, go and check that out. What about the other guy? I've heard he's pretty good. No, no, just me. Just you. Okay. Ignore the BBC. What? (laughs) What else? We're coming back next week for more, Keith. Yes. So we're back on Tuesday with our regular episode, and then Friday next week we'll be back again for another three articles. That's it, got nothing else to say really. Hopefully, in real world, I won't have a cold anymore by then, but because we're recording these back to back, I'm still going to sound like I'm underwater. You sound, oh, you don't really sound any different. Do I not? No. no you sound the same. You oh, can tell you're ill okay. because you're dragging all your words because you want to make everyone feel bad for you. Is that it? Is that what I'm doing? I'm just fishing for some Hamming kind of sympathy. Up. Well, surely I should know better than to expect that from you two. Yes. Yeah, yeah you should expect yeah. that. All right, we'll be back on Tuesday. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 